0: Welcome to City Limits. I'm Kevin. And I'm Ann. And we're in the middle of the hurricane, I guess. And we've been,
1: I think they downgraded. They downgraded. Yeah. We've yep.
0: been spared the worst of it. It's Thankfully. Now a tropical storm. Like I said, doesn't seem like Quincy. Sustained much damage or any damage? Well, I'm not even sure. So. Yeah,
1: we hope nobody did. You yeah. know, the thing is, is that there are places, communities um, not in Quincy that have
0: had some pretty yeah. bad damage. But so our you know, art to Rhode yeah. Island, and,
1: and we have some friends down there, so we do, we do think about them down there too. So, but thankfully, Quincy. It looks like we were spared yeah. anyway.
0: so Still have one more day of it, but mm-hmm. hopefully, it's just like today. Yeah. So the big story of of the week was the school committee deciding to require all students and staff to to wear masks. Mm-hmm.
1: Yep. So the thing is, is that, you know, we're going back to school and there's no remote option. So everybody's getting, and whether it's colleges or, or public schools, we're all there. There's the big question of how we're going to handle that when they go back into the schools and the school committee just met and they had the discussion in regards to what our public school system will be doing.
0: Right. And I know to begin with, there was maybe a bit of a, not controversy, but there was an issue of um, a public forum. Yeah. I know um, school committee woman Perdios uh, objected, and so did Doug Gutro. object to not reading of the letters. I guess there was 103 letters?
1: I think there was more than 103. I think there was 120 letters in total, oh. and 103 were um, in favor of masking, and 17 were um, not in favor of masking.
0: Right. So so why don't we play her clip okay. on why she objected? I assume that she Perdios.
2: Thank you, Mr. Mayor. Again, um, I respectfully object uh, to that uh, summary of the letters. Um, open forum is the only way that we have allowed parents, teachers in the community to be part of this discussion on masks, masks and to share their with us in a public on the record way. Um, we didn't have any parent forums. We did not have any teacher and staff forums. Uh, we did not have this meeting at one of the school auditoriums and invite the public to come speak. Uh, we did not specify in the agenda that there would be a cutoff on letters so that we could have time to uh, read them all. And while I did receive some in my inbox um, as well, the instructions on our agenda was to submit it to a specific email address that I, the members here individually do not have access to. So I have not seen all of the letters. And the second reason for my objection is more of a general one um, before becoming a school committee member. I would sit in the back of the room, meeting after meeting, and the only opportunity that I had to offer my thoughts to committee members was a four minute open forum window. And during Covid when the public was not allowed to access the meetings physically, letters submitted to that open forum email were always read aloud in their entirety.
1: All right. so I think you know, basically what um what um Courtney Perdios and Doug Gutter were suggesting was that they should be reading. People put the time and energy into writing these letters, whether they were for or against it in the past. I guess they read the letters into, um, to open forum into that section because they, they can't come up and actually speak because that part is, is not allowed to do in person anymore. Right. So letters were being read in. But because they got so many of them, they said it would take up to three hours to read all the letters in. So I think what they're going to do is when this particular meeting gets the meetings, meeting minutes get approved, they'll post all those letters so people can read them at that point. But again, 103 letters were in favor of masking and 17 letters were against masking.
0: Right. I know um, Doug Gutrow had a good point. If these were non-COVID times, people would line up and we would listen to
1: them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that goes against, that That goes for all of this. You know, we're we're in a situation where, you know, public forums aren't being able to happen. Um, public meetings can't have audiences. So, you know, it's a struggle that we have. We right. we did it on the city council when it was for the social injustice and we had 100 people come up and speak. And yeah. It took hours to get through that too. So. Yeah.
0: And then um, Superintendent Mulvey, spoke on the issues.
1: Yeah, so Superintendent Malvey, basically, I think at the beginning of the day, from if I remember exactly how they said it, at the beginning of the day, they had different rules from, day, uh, from the Department of Education. And by the four o'clock in the afternoon, they had changed the rules. So what he was suggesting was that he's in favor of masking. And essentially what they were doing is the rules that they came out with, the guidances that they came out with for the communities that make their own decisions made it very difficult for Quincy or any other community to do anything but mask. If they, they, you cannot have remote learning, you have to be in person, and if somebody gets contact, you know, comes in contact with it, they have to test and then they have to quarantine. And basically, it just would be a logistical nightmare right. for the city of Quincy. And we really do want to have our students in in person.
3: Yeah, and we have clip. And and the reason for that is because of everything you just saw in this presentation tonight. Logistically, it will be an absolute nightmare for us if we are quarantining um, potentially whole classrooms um, and students potentially um, on a um, consistent level, potentially. We could have a student that is, or students, quarantined several times within the year. And it could last, depending on whether they want to get uh, tested or not, uh, anywhere between seven and 10 days. Um, some other important information you should know with regard to where we stand with our vaccinations. Our current data indicates that of the eligible students who are vaccinated, which is 12 years, uh, 12 years of age or older, we have about 4,400 students that would be eligible for vaccine Our current data indicates, um, this is from SNAP, our um, health database system that Bailey runs approximately 500 of those 4,400 are currently vaccinated. That's the information we have currently. So of the 4,400 eligible, only about 500 students are vaccinated. And also keep in mind, unlike last year, all of our students, that 50% or so that were out are all coming back. So we're going to have all of our students back uh, in the schools. Um, and so that um, that full 4,400 available students will be back in the schools and only 500 currently are vaccinated. Um,
0: OK, so, I mean, I think he makes a good point. Mm-hmm. Uh, 500 of 4,400 Quincy students are currently vaccinated, vaccinated. So that's 11.4 so, yeah. percent. So we, I think they need a little bit higher before. Or removing masks, but that's my opinion. Yeah. Um, and they
1: don't have solutions for the kids from, you know, you know, kindergarten to twelve to year olds. So I think they're making the right choice. They, yeah. We want to bring our kids back to school. We want to give them every opportunity to have a normal year.
0: And this is the way they're going to do it. Better safe than sorry.
1: So there was definitely some, there were definitely some commentaries back and forth. There was, um, you know, I think it was uh, Mr. Bergoli who was against potentially having the kids wear the masks and, um, you know, there were some conversations in regards to that. So there was a, there was a full round table of discussions as to whether or not the positives and the negatives of wearing masks and whether or not kids should have, I think um, um, Ms. Hubley suggested that they needed breaks from wearing the masks and how they would handle that. But I think they, they sound like they were really working through the plans as to how they were going to do that. And yeah, think- and um, Emily
0: Lebo made a good point. I think she said kids are very resilient, much mm-hmm. more resilient than adults. Most kids don't have a problem wearing masks. Um, more educators than adults had problems.
1: So. Yeah. Well, that's the nature of kids, right? They're very right. adaptive. They're very adaptable. And, but most importantly, they need to be in, they need to be in that environment to learn to, to be in person. It's better for them. So.
0: Right. And I, I know Courtney Perdeos then asked the the three Mm-hmm. officials in and, and superintendent Malvi mm-hmm. uh for their recommendations because she's depending on them yeah she wants to remove all the politics i mean you can get both sides of the story right yeah um,
1: so she had I, I think it was um you know it was superintendent Malvi, assistant superintendent Aaron perkins and then it was the head nurse program miss bailey and then the new health commissioner
0: marley Castley. i believe yeah. um he agreed with keeping mask mandate in place um I guess he contacted more than 30 other departments, and of those departments, he heard back from 17 supported a mask mandate, and nine others were leaning towards one. You said, every town and city is leaning towards a mask mandate, and I feel very comfortable supporting Superintendent Mulvey with a mask mandate.
1: So the good news is that there, was, there seemed to be at the end of the conversation, a united front that our students will be going back to school in September and a mask mandate will be in place.
0: Yeah, and I know the mayor is planning on voting to keep masks optional. Let's listen to this clip of what he thought
4: originally. You know, and they estimate every year what the flu strain is going to be and we get flu shots. Sometimes they miss it. Let's keep in mind that, and, and I, so that I don't say this in a callous way at all, but people die every year of the flu, of pneumonia. That's part of dealing with life, going through it. I mean, this this issue of the COVID, we're going to be dealing with for years to come. Yeah. and we're going to do the best we can. Be responsible, smart about things, but we can't all live in bubbles. And uh, and I think we've got to be cognizant of that. I, you know, so I am. Uh, we have actually a special meeting of the school committee specifically for this issue next week to discuss the recommendations by the state, the not mandates, recommendations right. on what we ought to do with our schools and how to break it down whether masks are required or not. And uh, we'll have that discussion next week. And you look at this, you talked about science. There's so much science out there on all sides. <laughs> uh, and I you know, I was reading uh, a little bit of doctors talking about this little spike we're going through is a, is a quick spike when we down. You see, he pointed to the UK where they had the variant and you know, you have a quick spike and then it drops immediately once again. So uh, we just got to continue to be, be smart, uh, responsible going forward. I personally don't support a mass mandate in the schools. So th- that was
0: Mayor Koch couple of weeks ago, August 13th on his podcast. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, he listened to the presentation. He's, he's come around to uh, keeping the mandate. So let's, let's hear what he had to say.
4: I've yeah, not spoken yet on the subject, I guess I'll um, add my two cents worth. I, I appreciate the presentation. Um, in fact, being candid um, conversation we had a few weeks ago with the summer program, I was prepared to do mass being optional. Uh, it really was. I thought we were going the right direction. Um, but um, based on the additional guidance that has come down from D.C., the numbers which are creeping up, I, I wouldn't say they're alarming, but they're going in the wrong direction. Um, the most important thing to me is to get the kids back in the buildings, get back in in-person learning
1: so it it seems like you know it seems like he's come around to this, and that's actually a good thing, so I mean I'm going to agree i I actually think the mask mandate is an important thing for our kids in the schools, and you know that does go to show that with more information and and hearing from um all parties that this administration is willing to potentially come to the table and and uh, change their mind, which it, is a good thing
0: it is so it sounds like the whole point's going to be uh. Anyways, because um, Education Commissioner uh, Jeffrey Riley will ask the Board of Elementary and Secondary Education to grant him authority to mandate masks for all public K-12 through students, educators, and staff through October 1st to ensure schools fully reopen safely and to provide time for more students and educators to get vaccinated. After October 1st, the commissioner policy would allow middle and high school schools to lift the mandate for vaccinated students and staff only if the school meets a certain vaccination rate, at least 80% of the students and staff in the school building are vaccinated. Unvaccinated students and staffs would still be required to man- wear masks. The mandate would include exceptions for students who cannot wear masks due to medical conditions or behavioral needs. So sounds like we have a ways to go with the vaccination rate for yeah. students. I don't know about educators, how what the percentage is there, but and I, you know, I think you agree with me that we don't understand why it's vaccinations and, and mass are a political issue.
1: No, because we're this is a pandemic, and and none of us, none of us um, in our lifetimes have ever lived through anything like this. And the way we get through something like this is if we join together and 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 try to um, to just all follow the basic principles of, of what's being announced. If you're if you're vaccinated. Um, if you're not vaccinated, wear a mask. If you're vaccinated, they're saying that you didn't have to wear a mask. But now this new Delta variant is out there, and because you know, there's it's, it's affecting people, we have to keep going along with that. You know, let's let's keep working together so that we can get through this. And because if we don't, we, we'll we'll be doing this yeah, forever. I mean, <laughs>
0: there, there are things that are mandated in mm-hmm. schools, like measles, mumps, or rubella mm-hmm. shots. So mm-hmm. I don't understand. And then. Like you just brought up the variant, I want to remind people that this is pretty serious. The Delta variant is, is more contagious. It's more than twice as contagious as previous variants. Some data suggest the Delta variant might cause more severe illness than previous strains. Unvaccinated people remain the greatest concern. Although break infections happen much less often than infections in unvaccinated people, individuals infected with the Delta variant including fully vaccinated people with symptomatic breakthrough infections can transmit it to others. And then fully vaccinated people with the Delta variant breakthrough infections can spread the virus to others. However, vaccinated people appear to be infectious for a shorter time. Just some things to to note, I yeah. guess.
1: Let's just remember we've lost a lot of people. I mean, we've known people who have passed away from from COVID yeah. and, and we knew that this was the variants were gonna be happening and the vaccinations have happened. We just have to continue, as I said, to be diligent about what we're doing and hopefully we won't go back into what we were doing last year and we'll be able to have a little bit more freedom this year, but we won't be able to do that if we're not willing to follow the basic principles and guidelines that people are asking us to.
0: And I know that Quincy Public Schools has a meeting
1: I think it's this Thursday night. Thursday, August 26th. Yeah, this Thursday night, August 26th, that, that they'll be able to tell parents and family members. I think it's gonna be um it's gonna be it's gonna be televised on QA TV. And basically it's just kind of keeping people in communication with what the rules and regulations are gonna be when you come back to school that you have to wear a mask and they'll be able to give people some guidelines to that.
0: Right. And we'll put that Zoom meeting in the in the notes uh, below. So mm-hmm. um, if you didn't know about it, um, Look for it there.
1: I think they also said that they'll they'll replay it on QA TV, that they'll post it on their website, that the teachers and principals, there'll be multiple different ways that they're communicating to families what's what's to be expected when they come back to school. Because we will be back in school shortly. Right. It's hard to believe. Summer goes way too fast. So so Kevin, I think what's really interesting is in this in the school committee meeting, you know, it seemed as though like two weeks ago, the administration, the mayor was really think leaning towards a, you know. If you want to wear a mask, you can. If you don't want to wear a mask, you don't have to. That he came around and basically was in agreement with all the changes that were happening rapidly that was happening about wearing a mask back to school. And, you know, I applaud that change. And I'm hoping that same, you know, approach might be taken to the way we're spending the money, our COVID money, the $46 million that was allocated to the city of Quincy. Because as I'm looking at things and reading things, the town of Milton is actually doing something very similar. Yep. The yeah. select
0: board is expected to vote Wednesday on a proposal to use one million of the towns. American Rescue Plan Act money on a water main uh, project. Mm -hmm. And um,
1: what was interesting to that is that they allocated some money in the town of Milton to do some water main work. That's not enough. And they're going to use some of the COVID money to do more because they have more work that needs to be done.
0: What they said is decisions on spending will be made by by the select board who have promised an open and transparent process on the use of the money
1: yeah so in this particular case, I know it doesn't make sense, but what what they're saying is you know the towns and communities that are getting the money, just like Quincy, they don't actually have to bring it out and actually discuss how they're spending it, but the town of Milton's actually recognizing that they should be transparent about how they're spending it, share it with the community and let people know that they're spending in it the wisest way that they can now, you know other people might say, we don't have to tell you what we're spending the money on, but it should be spent on specific needs for the community
0: right and the um the town administrator uh, Michael Denny That said, one of the things the money can't be used for is the town's fire station improvement projects.
1: Yeah. And that's a big subject of conversation in the town of Milton.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, if it can't be used for uh, fire station improvements Mm -hmm. or a new fire station, I'm pretty sure it can't be used to buy a marina.
1: Well, you know, again, it's being housed underneath the idea that it's being used for tourism. Um, but you know, it, it's not, yeah. it's not actually the idea of is for aid to tourism. So like if you had an impact to the way that you were doing things that currently you're doing things, you might be able to infuse that economic recession back into play, but not purchasing land.
0: Yeah. Or, or buildings.
1: Or buildings. Yeah.
0: For a college.
1: Well, you know, that building that. in a town
0: city yeah, hall. Yeah.
1: That was an acquisition actually, cause they're not by oh. actually, we're going to have to pay to build that building. So right. that's, that's a big problem there. Yeah. But you know, the, at the end of the day. The money's been spent. Our COVID money has been spent on those things. And that's what's, you know, that's what's inherently wrong with that. And people are really upset about that. So,
0: Anne, mm-hmm. we didn't get any letters this week. No. You know why? Why? Because we didn't ask for them.
1: Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> it's because I was outside campaigning. So <laughs> <laughs> I forgot to ask.
0: But we have a new segment. Mm-hmm. You ready? I'm ready. All right. Here we go. Oh, boy.
1: Where'd that come from, Kevin? I don't know. It's is,
0: hard getting voiceover dialogue these is, days. Is that you? <laughs> it could be Wayne the Brushless.
1: So while I'm I'm out in the dead of heat, this is what you're doing. That's good. I also noticed the grass got cut too. So thank you. <laughs> so yesterday was a really hot one. when I was out knocking doors, it was really hot. And um, you know, I, I met you know, I saw people cutting their grass and then I also bumped into a nice couple.
0: Where, where were you?
1: I was in Squanum yesterday. Yep. And they looked like they were getting ready for maybe, you know, some kind of like event at their house. So we just kinda of stopped and talked and you know, they were very nice and they, they were telling me that they've been in squanum, they bought in Squanum in the nineties and It's been a great community to live in and they were so happy that they've been there because if they were to buy into the community now, they probably couldn't afford it. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, most of them, when it turned around to say, you know, how is Quincy doing and what do I need? I always ask the question, you know, how are we doing and what do we need to do better? Their concern was that we're spending a lot of money and they're not seeing a lot of return on their investment. And we seem to be buying a lot of buildings and developing all in the wrong places. So while I was walking down the street, there was a woman walking towards me and um, she happened to be a teacher, and she teaches middle school and special education, and she was all, all remote last year. And we were having a nice conversation as I was walking to my next door, and she was telling me a little bit about some of the challenges that she had, and that she's really hoping that the state will come back and, you know, let people know that if their kids are going to be in school, teachers and the children should be wearing masks because she thinks it's, it's going to be very important. I did let her know that the school committee in the city did say that, that they're going to be wearing masks. She was relieved about that, but she thinks it should really be coming from the state yeah that was her feeling about that. And then she kind of got into the conversation too, about the the contract and how um the teacher the teachers don't have a contract. And she said, You know, it's just really it's hard to go back into school not knowing you know that you don't have a contract settled and feeling undervalued. And I can sympathize with her because it's been a challenging year, I think, for everybody, for the police, the fire, but and the teachers. The teachers' jobs are very difficult. And and we've discussed that in the past, but yeah. So she was we were having a great conversation about it, but it was very hot.
0: So And I know I've been out with you in the past and, and people usually just pull over in the car and yeah. ask you questions and you yep. have a nice conversation with any of that
1: yep there was a couple of those one in particular which was kind of funny because this gentleman kind of is coming down the street and i think he caught me walking with him and he um he came across kind of into the other lane of traffic and um you know he Cause a little bit of a scene there, but he was coming over to let me know how much he he's going to vote for me. But more importantly, he wanted me to know how much he enjoyed the show, Kevin.
2: Yeah.
1: And um, he he thinks I do a great job as a city councilor. But he also wanted to let you know that you do a great job in the show. He really does enjoy listening to it. So he wanted me to make sure I came home and give you a shout out from him.
0: So, That's good.
1: So I'm sharing that with you too. So you have some fans, Kev. I have a
0: fan. A fan.
1: <laughs> a, fan. a fan. So he is very nice. Then there was another couple and and the wife was gardening kind of close to the street and I was talking to her. We have a nice conversation and the husband came across the yard because he wanted to talk to me. And um, he just let me know that he really feels like the administration has lost its course because they're spending all this money. And he was specifically talking about the Monroe building. And he wanted me to know, in case I didn't know, that federal tax dollars are his tax dollars too. And I'm very aware of that. So we had a conversation about that, but he was really you know, he was disheartened by the fact that he, you know, he believed that the administration was falling off course as to what was important in the city of Quincy and to the taxpayers. And Quincy College is definitely a theme yeah. that's happening. And I know
0: we've heard that from other candidates when they go to mm-hmm. the door as well. So. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, I really do hope that, you know, we'll be able to have a better conversation about these things when we come back into session. But, you know, Quincy College is definitely something that we're talking about. People think we're spending too much money. And there's a lot of things that we need to fix in Quincy, so right. a lot of overdevelopment too. Those are those are majorly the things that people are talking to me about. yeah, you know.
0: all right. So that's uh, tales from the trail. Mm-hmm. Uh, next week, I hope we have some more specific stories, Anne.
1: Well, now that I know <laughs> that you're gonna pop these things on me, I will be more cognizant of the stories that I'm listening to or listening to getting from people. But I do enjoy talking to people when I'm out there, and it's nice. People recognize me, and I have great conversations. Yes. Um, so next
0: next time, you should post on your. I Facebook. will
1: post on Facebook book, um, because I didn't do it last week and for letters, um, you know, please everybody write in because I'll have to do these types of things, but no,
0: I, (laughs) I actually do. I, I I could spring a different kind of segment.
1: (laughs) I do enjoy, I, I actually really like campaigning, so I'm not going to complain about that because I do enjoy it.
0: Yep. And we have one announcement, um, the Wollaston Hill Association is, is continuing their music series and this week's act it's Saturdays in the park again. And the music act is the fall. Mm -hmm. Uh, the Fall is a Quincy based classic rock band covering songs spanning the last five decades. I know when I was in college, I used to listen to a band called The Fall English Post Punk Band. Maybe they'll uh, be playing some of that. Yeah, maybe they'll <laughs> do a cover of Hit the North. That'll be great. And again, they're having the Walston Hill Beer Garden. We didn't make it last right. week, but they always have great craft beer.
1: Yep. We did do a drive by. We yep. rolled our windows down to like see if we could listen to the reggae.
0: Yeah, we did. And then on our way to what turned out to be a great Red Sox game. <laughs> it was a good night. <laughs> it's very embarrassing. they lost Yeah. And then Craig's Cafe will also be there and they're having a this is different grilled cheese night mm-hmm. with uh gourmet options, uh, buffalo chicken, short rib, tomato <laughs> basil, mozzarella. So that sounds fun.
1: Yeah, it sounds delicious. <laughs> it sounds delicious i'm looking forward to it so that'll
0: do it for this week on
1: city limits thanks Next. everybody thank you thanks for being so kind to me when I'm out there.